Welcome. You're listening to the podcast of First Church in Woodland, California, Pastor Timothy Wisnett. We're so glad you could join us. And we pray that this message you're listening to today is a blessing to your day. And I want to invite you also to visit us online at firstchurch.app to get connected with us and learn about our service and upcoming events. And uh, we hope that we can connect with you and see you soon. Amen. Luke chapter 22, beginning at verse 52. I'll be reading out the New King James. It says, Then Jesus said to the chief priests, captains of the temple, and the elders who had come to him, Have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs? When I was with you daily in the temple, you did not try to seize me, but this is your honor, or this is your hour, and the power of darkness. Verse 54. And having arrested him, they led him and brought him to the high priest's house. Notice those last few words. But Peter followed at a distance. Amen. But Peter followed at a distance. Amen. You know who your real friends are when the chips are down. Amen. And the Bible said that when they grabbed hold of Jesus and snatched him away, the Bible said those six faithful words, but Peter followed at a distance. Amen. I want to preach a simple thought here today for just a little while. Uh, and I want to preach on this thought. Plug into the power of God. Plug into the power of God. Look at your neighbor and tell him, plug into the power of God. How many could use some of the power of God in your life today? Amen. How many believe that God's got something more for you than what you presently have right now? I want to plug into that power, and I want that power, amen, to be active in my life. Pray with me if you would. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence that we feel in this house, for great joy and anticipation and expectation. Lord, I pray that you would anoint me this afternoon to speak your word. And I pray, Lord, that you would anoint this wonderful assembly to both hear, receive, and respond to your word. Lord, we know that nothing is impossible with you, so we're going to go ahead and ask for you to heal the sick here today because we believe you're still able to do that. We're asking you to, to forgive sins because you're able to do that and that you would give new life into someone today because you are still able to do that. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone said amen. Would you thank the Lord one more time if you believe you're about to get connected to a power source today. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. The Bible said in Peter, but Peter followed at a distance. Look at your neighbor and say he followed at a distance. We all have had that one friend in our life who talked a good game. At least I did. Had that one friend that was Mike Tyson as long as the opponent wasn't around. But turned into Sylvester the cat or Porky Pig once the enemy showed up. 
I'll whoop him. I'll, I'll take his teeth out. I'll knock him into next week. I'll, and the guy shows up and he's, that's all folks. And he runs. Peter's name was Simon, but Jesus had changed his name to Peter, which is the Greek word for rock. In John chapter 1 in verses 41 through 42, the Bible says, he first found his own brother Simon and said unto him, we have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ, and brought him to Jesus. Now Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, the son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas, which is a translation of that word meaning a stone, amen. And then in Matthew chapter 16, in verses 15 through 19, he said unto them, Jesus speaking, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Verse 17, Jesus answered and said unto him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, or Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I say unto you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades, or the gates of hell, shall not prevail against it. Amen. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatsoever, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. What a promise to hear that not just from a printed page, but from the lips of Messiah himself. I am calling you, and I have. there is a revelation that has been given to you that could not be given by man, but only through the authoritative power of God that, that, that now you are going to be changed from Simon, uh, which Simon loosely translated could mean, would mean uh, uh, of the flesh, and some trans, literal translations would translate his name to ignorance, amen, and so he, you're going to go from of the flesh and ignorance, and now I'm going to make you Cephas or Peter. I'm going to make you a rock, and upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. What a promise to go from a fisherman to a disciple, then to be told that you would be the rock. Amen. You were going to be a rock or a fragment of a rock that was literally going to change the world. And after that day, Peter followed Jesus every step of the way. He was in the shadow of Jesus everywhere he went. When Jesus went to pray, Peter went to pray. He was always found at the side of Jesus until we go to Luke chapter 22 and verse 54 when the Bible says that Peter followed at a distance. Only minutes before the scripture tells us that Peter had backed away and followed at a distance, the religious leaders of Jerusalem came and they arrested Jesus. Peter had drawn his sword and was ready to fight to the death to protect his rabbi, his master, his messiah. Amen. It, it was just minutes earlier that Simon Peter was willing to lay his life down to be able to kill someone that would try to take away the one that he loved and his best friend and his Messiah. He went from being brave and realizing I'm going to stand on the side of this man and I'll draw my sword and he cuts off the ear of Malchemus, the servant of the high priest. And you know the story, Jesus kneels down, grabs the ear and reattaches it uh, to the servant 
servant's head without a scar or anything. A miracle had been done. Amen. But just minutes after that, just, just hours after that, Peter goes from defending Jesus. Oh, hours before that, he was saying, I will never, I will never deny you. I will never leave you to where just a few moments after he cuts off the ear of Malchemus, a few hours later, he is going to even deny that he even knows Jesus. Amen. So what happened in the few minutes that caused Peter to spiral from one extreme to the other? What happened in Peter's life that would cause the pendulum to go so far from one side to the other, from being willing in an instant to die for Jesus? Amen. And then in the next minute to even deny that he knew who he was. The situation of Peter's life is it's really unexplainable except to say uh, that you and I can be familiar with what Simon Peter was going through. It wasn't that he was a bad person. It wasn't that he was an evil person. But what Simon was going through was the pressure of life got to him in that moment. Oftentimes it's not the big sins that we can name that everyone would agree with. But oftentimes it's the pressures of life that keep us from being as involved in a relationship with Jesus Christ as we would want to. How many know what I'm talking about? The pressure got to him. He could no longer contain to live under such scrutiny and pressure. And how how could the pressure overtake him so quickly where moments before he was defending with a sword and some just a few hours later he's even denying that he knows him. Well the Bible doesn't plainly say exactly what the, the, uh, the crucible point was but it does give us an inclination as to why Peter was overtaken by the pressure amen the Bible simply makes this statement but Peter followed at a distance and I believe in that simple statement gives us a divine insight into the fall of Simon Peter and more importantly to even the fall in our own life there is a danger when we are not in close proximity to Jesus Christ Amen. Peter was in close proximity for three and a half years in the ministry of Jesus. Peter was in close proximity when he sees a spirit walking on the waves in the middle of a storm and cries out, if that is you, bid me come to you because Peter had an understanding. If I'm close to Jesus, everything's going to be okay. And Jesus said, come to me. And Simon Peter, the only one to step out of the boat. And Brother Chase, he walked on the water until he locked hands amen with Jesus on top of the stormy waves his his protection was his proximity to Jesus he was beside Jesus when Jairus's daughter who lay dead would be raised to life again he was at the hip of Jesus when the stone was rolled away and Lazarus comes out of a four day dead a tomb and he hops out and is risen to life again he is there with Jesus when the 5,000 are fed with just a few fish and a few loaves of bread. He was close to Jesus through the teaching. He was close to Jesus through the miracles. But the moment he was separated from Jesus 
everything began to change in his life. His personality began to change. His ability to make wise decisions began to change. His fervency and his boldness began to change. For one minute, he's willing to use a sword to defend Jesus, but a few hours later, he would even cuss and say, I don't know who the man is, and you are lying on me. I cannot stress to us here this afternoon how important it is that we stay in proximity to Jesus Christ. I cannot, I know this is a simple message today, but I want to help you. I cannot stress how vital it is that you have a prayer life and that you read your Bible and that you become a worshiper and you stay in proximity with Jesus. We used to sing the old song, I'll stand for Jesus and let the world go by. I'll stand for Jesus and let the world go by. Listen, brother and sister, there's nothing we cannot do if we are close to Jesus. There is nothing we cannot make it through if we stay close to Jesus. There's no mountain we cannot scale if we stay close to Jesus. There is no river we cannot cross if we stay close to Jesus. There is no storm that we cannot weather if we stay close to Jesus. There is no sickness that we won't come through if we just stay close to Jesus. There is no lying, no doubt, no despair, no depression, no anxiety, no fear, no bitterness, no unbelief that will be able to overwhelm God's people if we just stay close to Jesus. I'm preaching to somebody this afternoon. You need to get back into proximity with Jesus. You're trying to figure out where did I go wrong and I'm trying to help you this afternoon. You went wrong by slowing down. You went wrong by getting out of proximity of Jesus. The moment he followed Jesus at a different di distance, everything changed in his life. Amen. Bear with me a moment, but do you remember, do you remember everything wasn't going perfect with your life, but you remember when you were passionate about serving God? It didn't matter what happened, I have Jesus. You remember in the early days of your conversion, when the bills came in, didn't stress you nearly as bad because you had your arms around Jesus. When they lied on you at the job, it, it, it affected you, but, it, but it, it didn't wound you near like it did and does now because we, we, all of a sudden we distance ourselves from him and, and our proximity to the Messiah gives us confidence. I, I read this scripture and, and, and began to study and God revealed to me why that the religious world of our generation has lost its effectiveness in the world. And that reason is there are too many people that are following Jesus. They're just following him from a distance. The Bible said that the disciples, they knew that they had been with Jesus. The religious leader said, we can tell that this man has been with Jesus. He talks like he's been with Jesus. He acts like he's been with Jesus. Everything about him betrays the fact he has been around Jesus. I believe that people in our world need to know we've been with Jesus. Not just because we've been to church on Sunday, 
not because there's some religious order that we fall but they need to know when we are in his presence we need to be enveloped with the perfume of his glory amen and the scent of his mercy I want people to know I've been with Jesus I could care less if they think I got money I could care less how many followers they think I have on social media but if I'm connected to Jesus if I am in close proximity to Jesus I hear a lot of what we need in the world and I hear a lot of what we need in the church but if I could just boil it down to something real simple, I think what we need in all of our lives today is we need a revival of proximity. We need a revival of proximity. We need a revival of proximity. We need to get back into the arms of God. We need to get close to Jesus again. We need to fall in love with him all over again. I'm not preaching anything far out and I apologize if this is too simple, but what would happen to the church of God if we would just get our arms back around Jesus? If we would just get back into love with Jesus and in proximity to Jesus? telling somebody today you need to get close to Jesus as you can get you need to get as close to Jesus as you can get why has the enemy defeated the religious world why are most churches dead and drying up right now it's because they follow him at a distance they follow him at a distance Hear me first church. And I want you to listen to me as the under shepherd of Jesus Christ leading this wonderful church family. I refuse to pastor a church that is content to follow Jesus from a distance. That really doesn't feel prayer is important or the Bible is important. This is not what we do. This is who we are. We're not weekend warrior reservist Christians that we only show up every once in a while and pray when all hell breaks loose. No, this is who we are. This is who we are. We are children of the Most High God. We don't say that in boast. We don't say that in pride. We say that in the authority of relationship. I know him and he knows me and because of that relationship I've got confidence. He's going to hear me when I pray. I've got confidence. He's going to reach his arm down to me in my time of need. He's going to open his mouth and speak in the moment that I need a miracle. We need a revival Bible of proximity. Amen. We don't need more church stuff. We don't need more religion. We don't need more programs. We need to get closer to Jesus. We need to get closer to Jesus. We need to get closer. Oh, I feel the strength of the Lord in this place. Amen. I refuse as best as I can to allow us to get so indifferent to God's word that we only follow what we feel. That we'll only follow what we feel or obey what we agree with. God's, listen to me as kindly as I can tell you, God's word ain't a buffet. I know this is old-fashioned preaching, but I'm, I'm going to stick right with the book. The word of God ain't a buffet. It's not, well, I'll take the prime rib and I'll take the mashed taters. Give me a little bit of fried shrimp on this. Pass on the veggies. Pass on the veggies. Pass on more prime. It's not a buffet. It's either all of it or none of it. But there is a hunger in the people of God, in the true people of God, in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ that says, it doesn't matter what the word of God lays up on my plate. I don't have to like it. I ain't even got to agree with it. But if God said it, I believe it. 
that that settles it and I'll do it because I want to be close to Jesus more than I want to be accepted by the world. I want to be close to Jesus. I can endure the pleasure of sin for a season, but I want everlasting life. I want to be in the presence of God. And man, if you're ever privileged to know Bishop Price, Bishop Paul Price had one message and he preached it all the time, knowing Jesus, that was it. He didn't have another message. He may give a different text and he may give a different title, but he was always going to preach knowing Jesus. And a few days ago, while I was going through it and studying for this, it came to mind one of the things that Grandpa would say a lot. He would say, you can know religion and not know Jesus. You can know an organization and not know Jesus. You can know church and not know Jesus. And he would always finish it with, oh, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and fellowship him in his suffering. Listen to me. Don't get it twisted. It's not about the building. It's not about anybody else. It's about me. It's about me staying connected and plugged into the power of God. It's about me having a relationship with Jesus. Listen to me. I don't mean to be offensive, but it doesn't matter how many times you go to church are you in love with Jesus it doesn't matter how many how many novenas you can pray do you really know who Jesus is it doesn't matter if you can quote the Bible front to back and inside out do we know him we've got to stay close to him just having church on Sunday morning and Sunday afternoon is not enough just Sundays is not enough. Just attending midweek services is not enough. Just showing up at youth events is not enough. Just being at midweek prayer is not enough. There are some of us as individuals in this service today. Amen. There are some under the sound of my voice that are following Jesus but at a distance. If you're not convicted for missing prayer, if you're not convicted for missing corporate prayer, when you're able to make it, then you are too far from Jesus. If you're not convicted when you do things in your life that are against the word of God, then you are not close enough to Jesus. If you can go a week without opening your Bible, you are far too way, far away from Jesus. If you can be rude to the lady in line, you are too far from Jesus. If you can't love somebody because they got a different color skin, you are way too far from Jesus. If you can't be kind to somebody because they have another political opinion, you are far too away from Jesus. If God's word is not in my daily life, then I'm too far. If I don't pray daily, then I'm not in close enough proximity to Jesus. If you don't show and share God's love to a stranger, an unbeliever, or a co-worker, a family member, then we are dangerously distant from Jesus. If you've lost the passion for the house of God, then you need to run and close the gap between you and Jesus. If you have lost that love for communicating with God through worship and prayer, you need to lace up your shoes and run as fast as you can and close the gap between you and Jesus. If you feel that holiness is a hindrance, if separation is an inconvenience, then you need to run, 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 run. You're drifting too far because my Bible says that if we love the world, the love of the Father cannot be innocent. I want to be plugged in to the power of God. than making Jesus our secondary, our fourth, our fifth, our plan G, or plan Y. 
And in prideful ignorance, we huff in exasperation. And we say, I wonder why all these bad things are happening to me. Why, why, why? Why that problem? Why this problem? Why is this happening? Why are they being blessed but not me? This is not fair. Why, why, why? You see, when you're in close proximity to Jesus, it doesn't mean problems don't, won't come your way. But when you're close to Jesus, everything is in view. For me to live as Christ, me to die is gain. And my weaknesses he made strong. When I'm in proximity to Jesus, I can lean on him. Just consider with me for a few moments this afternoon that maybe the reason why I feel so cut off is because I'm following Jesus from a distance. You see, God never intended for his people to be defeated by their problems. And I don't care what, what lying Christian or what lying preacher is telling you that true Christians don't have problems. That's a lie. Matter of fact, the apostle would say, don't think it's strange when you've been tried. Matter of fact, Jesus would say, beware if everybody's talking good about you. But we flipped it and said, well, the reason why people don't like you is it must be because you're not following Jesus, right? But the truth is, it really doesn't matter what the opinion of the world is or anyone else, as long as I have the acceptance and the favor of Jesus. God never intended for his people to live a problem-free life. Amen. But God intended for the problems to drive us closer into the arms of Jesus. Matter of fact, the psalmist said it like this in one of my favorite psalms. In Psalms chapter 91, it said, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with His feathers and under His wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler you shall not be afraid of the terror by night nor the arrow that flieth by day nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday a thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right side but it shall not come near you only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked look at verse 9 because you have made the Lord who is my refuge even the most most high your dwelling place. Did you get that? The closer I get to him, the further those things have a chance of making an impact on my life. God gave you and I the promise that if you would make him your dwelling place, that he would protect you from the enemy. Some of us have made God our vacation spot. Some of us have made God our hangout. But God said, you need to make me your dwelling place. I need to be that place that you run to. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. I need to be that tower of refuge. Hear me. I feel the Holy Ghost this afternoon. Quit running to Facebook for acceptance. Quit running to Instagram and to the water cooler at work to get advice and go to the word of God. Get on your knees in prayer and wrap your arms around Jesus. Jesus. 
I'm getting ready to close this afternoon, but you may have found yourself following God at a distance, but I've got something for you this morning. In Mark chapter 16, beginning at verse 5, and entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in long white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said unto them, don't be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, whom was crucified. He has risen. He is not there. See the place where they, isn't it amazing? I just want to just drop this here. Isn't it amazing? They were seeking God more. They were seeking Jesus more, thinking his body was in a tomb than a lot of folks will know when he's alive. Watch verse 7. But go tell his disciples and Peter. <laughs> I thought Peter was the disciple. Yep. But Jesus knew. Jesus knew that Simon Peter was hurting. He knew that Simon Peter had failed him. And he knew that Simon Peter was going to need some special instruction. So the angel said, go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. As he said to you, God gave the invitation to his disciples to come and see him alive after his resurrection. But he specifically mentioned Peter's name and gave Peter a special invitation. He didn't do that for his mother. He didn't do that for anybody else. He said, you tell Peter. You tell Peter to meet me there because I'm alive. Notice, amen, where Jesus invited uh, Peter. Know where he, notice where he invited Simon Peter to go and where to meet him at. The Bible said in Galilee. Now, Easton's Bible Dictionary defines Galilee as a circuit. It's a circuit. And circuit as defined by Webster's Dictionary the first definition is a space enclosed within such a line. Number two, the complete path of an electric current, including usually the source of electric energy. Three, an assemblage of electron, electronic elements. In other words, he told Simon Peter, I want you to go to the circuit. I want you to go to the place of connection. I want you to go to the place of connection. Now, I'm sure I'm not astounding anybody with wisdom here when I say this, but they didn't have electricity 2,000 years ago. I know some of you are shocked. Hey Amen. PG&E's got enough money that it feels like they've been collecting for 2,000 years. They didn't have electricity. But what they understood was the power of a connection. And Jesus told them, you tell Simon Peter that I want him to meet me at the place of the connection. I want you to hear me this afternoon. It doesn't matter how far that you have been away from Jesus. He sent me here and he's brought you into this house today to let you know you need to plug in to the power of God. You need to get reconnected to the power source that is in Jesus Christ. You need to plug in to that only source of hope and that only source of power. I feel the power of God in this place right now. All you've got to do is with faith begin to reach out and believe and say, Lord, I want to get closer to you. And you can plug in to that source of power that is from God. The Bible said, Jesus declared, all power is given to me both in heaven and in earth. I don't know about you, but I need God. I need his mercy. I need his 
grace. I need his power. I need his love. I need his generosity. I need his kindness. And whatever it is that you're lacking here today, whatever it is you're struggling with here this afternoon, I've come to tell you everything you need in life is here right now. All you've got to do is plug into it. All you got to do is plug into it. Just plug into it. I, I remember one time I was using one of my dad's tools. And, and I was so frustrated and, and, and so just beyond exasperated with the situation. I was working on my four-wheeler. And I could not, I could not get this particular piece off. And, and it required... Um, an impact wrench to get it off and, and uh, his air compressor was broke so he had a powered one and I had it plugged into the extension cord and I sat out there for probably 20 or 30 minutes now don't judge me but I was so tunnel focused on this, this issue that I couldn't, I, I couldn't get the drill to work I did everything I went over to the extension cord I unplugged it, plugged it back in I walked back over there and I was putting it on the bolt I had the right size and I, I was doing everything I could I just could not get it off I needed this particular power tool to get it off and I'm trying to when my dad walked in and out of the house three or four times probably 20 or 30 minutes went by without exaggeration and finally my dad looks at me and, and he says my God son you still haven't gotten that done? And I said, no, and I was so frustrated at this point. I said, no, your stupid tool don't work. I was mad, and I normally wouldn't talk to him like that. But growing up where I grew up, when it's about 103 degrees and about 5,000% humidity, your patience shrinks by the millisecond. And my dad come walking around the corner. He said, my, my tool is stupid. I only wanted Marty McFly's car for just about one minute. I just wanted to go back in time one minute to fix what I just said. And he picked up that tool in his hand and he clicked the trigger on it. Nothing happened. He flipped a few switches, walked over the extension cord. It was plugged in. Held the extension cord up and he kept walking with it, letting it run over his finger like this. Went behind the shed door. Went behind the air compressor that wasn't working. Brother Vincent, I never checked to see if it was plugged in. Just plugged it in. Your little whine of that thing. And he walked over and he said, yeah, it wasn't my stupid tool, it was my stupid son. <laughs> and he patted me on the head. And he said, son, it's amazing what a power tool can do when it has power. It's amazing what a Christian can do when they have Christ. It's amazing 
what a believer can do when they believe. It's amazing the power that we have access to in Christ. Brother Moreno, once we access Christ, cool is that bright come here come here Addison come here well, most we could take quick fast and hurry Thank you. look at the back that thing's plugged in it looks plugged in don't it isn't it in the hole how's it holding up there then It looks like it's in there. But it's it's just pulled away enough. Is that in there, Brother Michael? Looks like it's in there. Sister Cindy, does it look like it's in there? How many people do I know live for God just like that? They come in every service and we look at them and go, they look plugged in. timer says I got four minutes. I'm hurrying though. I'm, I'm. Here's what happens is Brother Chase, as soon as somebody starts getting close enough to us to really see that Hey, did, did, did you know that I gotta go. Uh, I've got somewhere I, I need to This is why some folks never stick around This is why a lot of people love attending churches where there's no accountability. You know, where they can go in, it starts at 10 o'clock sharp and gets out at 11.45 dull. I want somebody, Brother Michael, that loves me enough to say, boy, this all looks right. Connections loose. Hey, come here, Brother Michael. I want somebody like Brother Michael Clark that would love me enough to say, you know, it ain't really a big deal. We've all been there before. Let me help you out. Just give a little push. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to be there for you. Yeah, it's going to take a little work. Being a brother, being a disciple, sometimes pull it all the way out. There you go. Push it down. You see, come here. That's what the family of God's for. That's what God's grace is for. Oftentimes, God's greatest grace revealed in my life is you. But there's no way I can be a light. If I'm not plugged in to the power. Thank you, 
there's no way I can. Simon, you, you're never going to change the world, Simon. Until you get plugged back into the power source. Would you stand with me today? I feel the presence of the Lord here. And I know that. And I don't want to distract you. I know we got some incredible food. We got all kinds of stuff we're going to do afterwards. But really there's nothing more important than what's about to happen in the next five minutes. Because God's going to give us an opportunity to plug into his power. I, Sister Elva, I can't do it on my own. I, you, you've been living for God for a few years. And she's only 42, so she's been living for God a few years. And have you ever felt like, I just don't know if I can take another step. You been there? Thank you. Sister Barbara, you ever been there before? Brother Chase, you ever been there? Great prayer life, man of faith, preacher of the gospel. You've, you mean at some point in your life, you've hit a point where you're like, God, I, I'm struggling. I don't know if I've got what it takes to make it. You've been there. Elder Moreno, you've been there? Ever in your life? What do we do? Just throw our hands up and say, well, if, if I can't make it. No, you plug in. And in prayer, you plug in. And in prayer with your brothers and sisters in the altars, you plug in. And the next thing you know, you feel like the Apostle Paul when he says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. You plug into that. And you realize it was never about my ability. It was his ability. Not my strength, but his strength. I wonder if you just bow your head with me for a moment. I, I really feel such a beautiful touch and presence of the Lord. What God needs right now is for you and I together to just be transparent and honest with him for a moment. So I'm not even talking about devil casting out power and miracle power. I'm just talking about the power to make it to tomorrow. The power just to wake up tomorrow. The power to get through next week. Some of you are facing some very difficult decisions in your life right now. And you need the power of God to show you the way. I'm praying with you right now. Just reach over and take the hand of somebody near you where you're comfortable. And I just want you to pray for a moment. In a moment, I'm going to open these altars. And we're going to use this altar as if it were a power strip. And that anybody that would want to plug in to the power of God would come and plug in to that power source. But right now, I'm just asking you to grab a hold and walk that cord back and realize, amen, your boss really isn't the problem. It's not your spouse that's the problem. It's not your children. It's not your bank account that's the problem. We want to go back to the source. And the source is sometimes, sometimes life just has a way of disconnecting us. Sometimes the pressures of life just have a way of separating us from the power of God. Oh, I feel it moving in this place right now. In the mighty name of Jesus. 
I pray for everyone in this house under the sound of my voice. Those precious members that are watching online right now, God, I pray for those who are feeling overwhelmed by the pressures of life. Their job has them pressured. Their family situation has them pressured. Their financial situation has them pressured. Relationships have them living under pressure. Lord, I pray for them right now. Would you give them the strength and the courage, oh God? Would you give them the courage here in just a moment to, to step out and reconnect to the power source? Oh God, oh God, for those that are feeling in their heart that one prayer won't fix it, that one service won't fix it, God, would you renew their faith right now? Would you restore unto them the joy of thy salvation? Because, Lord, I believe something miraculous is about to happen in this place. I do believe, Lord, you're going to restore lives here today. I do believe, oh God, gifts are going to be stirred within people. I believe the gift of healing can work in this place. And somebody leave here made whole. The Holy Ghost here right now. Come on, child of God. Just just a few seconds longer. And then I want to open these altars, but I want us to unite together in prayer for a moment. Just a moment longer, and I'm going to open this altar. And I pray anybody that wants to connect to plug in. Amen. Would make their way up here. But right now, right now, we're jiggling the connection. Amen. We're saying, God, I need your help. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. Come on, he's got enough power. He's got enough power. You'll never trip his breaker. You'll never burn his circuit. He's got more than enough. He'll not send to you more than you could ever handle. He'll give you just enough. Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you, and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you, and so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website, and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week in Jesus' name.